Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McAllen. WBAY-TV says that the Wisconsin Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired in Madison is pushing for change in accessible absentee ballots throughout the state. Why is the council pushing for this change? And why are the inaccessible ballots making it difficult for the blind to simply complete their civic duty of voting? Wisconsin Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired Executive Director Denise Jess is here to shed some light on this important accessibility issue. Hi, Denise. Good good day, Brian. I guess it's uh, still morning where you are. <laughs> yes, Afternoon good day to here. you too. Yeah. So tell us briefly about yourself and the Wisconsin Council, the Blind and Visually Impaired. Great, thanks. Um, I am the executive director of the Wisconsin Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired and also a person who lives with like lifelong vision loss. So I bring that lived experience to my leadership and to helping to guide the council's advocacy work um, on the state policy level. And the council is a 70-year-old nonprofit. Uh, we serve a statewide mission to promote the dignity and empowerment of the people of Wisconsin living with vision loss through advocacy, education, and vision services. A lot of times folks will ask if we are a state chapter of the ACB. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, I wondered if you might. (laughs) And uh, we are not. We are an independent nonprofit and really um, so appreciate the important work that is done by the ACB, but we are not affiliated with you all. Okay. No confusion there now. So you start, you and the Wisconsin Council, the blind and visually impaired have started this effort to push for change to accessible absentee ballots throughout the state. I understand we've got an election coming up. So that's why I think it's important we bring up this topic. Why are you all pushing for this change? So in Wisconsin currently, um, if a voter wishes to vote absentee, and that certainly was a choice that uh, many of us made during the pandemic and even prior to the pandemic, you know, many voters choose to vote absentee because of other barriers like transportation and um, access to the polls. When you get an absentee ballot, it is mailed to you in a paper format. And the um, print on that ballot, if you can even access print, depending on your vision impairment, is very tiny. It's about uh, size eight font. So anyone oh who cannot, yeah, it's very tiny. So anyone who cannot see or read the ballot is unable to vote privately and independently. And, uh, and we, we see that as a, a basic infringement of, uh, a voter's, uh, a voter's right to be able to vote. Um, in order for me to vote an absentee ballot for a concrete example, I need to have someone read me the ballot and then um, have them mark the ballot on my behalf. And I have to entrust them to both read me the ballot accurately and then mark the ballot accurately. Wait a second. 
um, sometimes they, they may not, you may want them to vote for one candidate and they actually end up voting for another of their Correct. choosing. Is this the case? It is. Thankfully, in my personal situation, it is not. I trust the folks who are marking my ballot. It is an issue, though, for other Wisconsinites who are fearful um, about the person that they have access to, whether it's a spouse or a family member or a neighbor um, or a caregiver um, who marks the ballot and may mark it not according to their wishes or may even accidentally mark the ballot um, and, and not have it mark the way they want it. And uh, there were folks during the pandemic who decided not to risk having their ballot marked not according to their wishes and had to make a difficult decision about did they risk their their health and go to the polls to be able to vote using accessible equipment or did they spare their health but then not have assurance that their ballot was marked correctly. Crazy. So we got to talk more about voting now here. I understand that some polling places in Wisconsin are not compliant with the ADA. That's the Americans with Disabilities Act. That is correct. So Wisconsin's an unusual system because, um, you know, in many systems, the state agency that oversees voting has regulatory authority over every polling place in the state. While our state agency has guidance authority, they don't have regulatory authority. So we have in the state of Wisconsin almost 1,900 separate voting units. That's not polling places. That's just oversight of, um, of voting um, of, the, of the polling places. So there's a lot of difference in the experience that a voter faces if they vote in one part of the state or another part of the state. So um, while the ADA requires that um, every polling place have an accessible voting machine that can that has screen reader capability and magnification and has a marking device, a tactile marking device, not every polling place in the state will have that equipment set up and ready to go. Um, Sometimes when voters get to the polling place, they are told, oh, nobody ever uses that equipment here, so we don't bother to set it up. Um, Other times they might be told, and I've experienced this myself, oh, I don't know how to use that equipment, so I can't help you. And, you know, thankfully I do. So I will actually train the poll workers on how to use the equipment. So they're empowered to do it the next time somebody needs the equipment. The equipment also might vary from polling place to polling place. So sometimes the printer cartridges aren't functional um, and, you know, the ballot isn't printing properly. So, uh, yeah, that it, that isn't an unusual experience for voters to not be able to access the simple piece of equipment that would allow uh, private and independent voting in the polling place. And and the polling places you mentioned the small print, but they also don't offer. Not all of them offer braille ballots. Correct. So if you go to your polling place and you want um, an accessible ballot, um, you um, can re- you have to request that ahead of time. There aren't just braille ballots and large print ballots sitting there waiting um, for you to arrive. So that request has to go into your municipal clerk in advance um, and far enough 
quote unquote, in advance to be able to fulfill the request. The larger cities in um, Wisconsin, like Madison and Milwaukee, have uh, clerks who are well seasoned in providing Braille ballots and work with the um, appropriate agencies to make sure that a Braille ballot can be provided at the request of a of a voter. But many of our small communities um, don't know where to reach out to, and then we'll tell the voter that that uh, Braille ballot isn't available um, to them. So we've been working on advocacy to make the Braille ballot more accessible. Um, for anyone who requests them. And then they can be mailed out and or available at the polling place. Have you ever thought about training these workers to uh, create the more accessible ballots and make the voting more accessible for the blind in general? Yeah, we have a really uh, positive partnership with the Wisconsin Elections Commission and um, have partnered with them on doing uh, clerk training on uh, both um, etiquette in working with people with disabilities, including people who are blind and visually impaired, and in knowing what the law requires. Um, you know, every voter in the state of Wisconsin who asks for it can also have assistance filling out their ballot at the polling place. And there are times that we have had folks report that they were told by a poll worker that they could not do that. And that's actually an infringement of that voter's rights. Um, so a lot of education with poll workers, um, actually with the clerks, but the turnover is fairly high. And with that many voting um, entities in the state, you know, our ability to reach all of them with that education, um, you know, is hit or miss. So let's go back to how you're giving another person responsibility to fill out the absentee ballot. Yeah, there's another problem. They don't know any of the choices. Explain this. They don't know anything about the candidates. Yeah. So, um, you know, the ballot, if, if someone reads the ballot to me, um, you know, I have to, uh, you know, I have a responsibility still to do my due diligence and study the candidates. And there are some really great resources in Wisconsin for doing that that are accessible. We have a really positive relationship with the League of Women Voters and their Vote 411 system is screen reader accessible. They've been great partners because they've asked really important questions of of us about what needs to happen for their materials to be accessible. So there really are avenues for a voter to learn about the candidates. Um, um, and it, it is our responsibility to know about the candidates. But, you know, having someone, again, make sure that they're reading you the full ballot. And sometimes when there are referenda, um, you know, that are lengthy, you know, th there's a fair amount of reading and then tracking what, what is being read to you that uh, is required and is burdensome for a voter. The COVID pandemic's still here. So we've got an election coming up and this year. And then uh, the next year, of course, for the entire nation, <laughs> for many years, you've tried to push the absentee ballots to be sent out through email since most of us use technology right. and, use, and you want to use that software that reads the ballot to blind and visually impaired people like us. What sort of software are you referring to that can do this? 
Great. So, you know, really, um, the, once the ballot leaves, um, the election officials, it can be sent out as a tagged PDF. So, um, if, if it's properly tagged, any screen reading software should be able to access it, whether it's JAWS or Narrator or NVDA. So, you know, really, um, properly tagging that PDF on the, um, on the elections officials side is the, is the critical ingredient. And would the reply and send the email back to the registrar of voters? Yeah, that's another that's another barrier. So um, right now, um, the only folks who can do um, uh, an email, receive an email ballot are our military and overseas voters. And state law does not even allow them to send that ballot back electronically uh, for security reasons. So they still need to print the ballot, put it in the certification envelope, and then mail it back to their municipal clerk, to their voting officials. So, um, you know, whether that would, we would require kind of a two-step um, change in our state law. One is to allow the transmission to the voter of the ballot um, in accessible format. And then the other piece of that would be allowing the ballot to be submitted back to the elections officials electronically, which would allow then for 100 percent private and independent voting. Um, right now, you know, even if I could get the ballot electronically and access it and mark it using screen reader software, I would still be still have to print it and then sign the certification envelope, which again is another um, you know thing that I would not be able to do independently because the the um, envelope doesn't have any t- uh, tactile markings on it where the signature line needs to be. Has there been talk about a mobile app or a sort of online form portal where blind and visually impaired people can fill out their ballots and then just press, write down their name as part of the signature, type it in, press the submit button? Yeah, so we we know basically in Wisconsin, you know, the, what what we can do and how we can make this work and have that really great partnership with the Elections Commission. Our barrier is our state legislature. So the technology is there. The options are there. You know, those are all things that are at our fingertips and um, could be implemented quite easily. So our barrier is helping legislators understand that this is an infringement of um, our rights as voters and um, pulling their levers to make the changes in our state law so that we can move the technology forward. And, and that's where we're hitting the rough spots is um, trying to help legislators, educate legislators on this issue and helping to um, see a bill get drafted that then can be moved through the houses and moved to our governor for signature. And then we can put the technology to work. So it's not like we don't know how it's our barrier is the state law. All right. Legislative time. So you're, you've worked on some of these efforts to get the, new bills on the absentee ballots approved through the Wisconsin state legislature. Has most or all of the state legislature backed them up and voted yes? Or are they still working on trying to change the bill around? 
or um, what are they doing? Where, where is that? Where's the, what's the status of that right now? The status is that there is currently not a bill um, drafted in the state le- in either house of the state legislature, okay. and that we um, are really struggling to get um, legislators from either side of the aisle to um, consider this as an important um, human rights and equity issue. Um, and we've had some vote, uh, some legislators be kind of aghast that they did not realize that we did not have ADA compliant um, voting and other legislators who uh, have been frankly quite dismissive that this they don't see this as an issue. Wisconsin, if you've been following um, national news, you'll know that we have had a number of voting related bills in our legislature um, in 2021. Many of them would further restrict the rights of voters with with disabilities. And so a lot of our efforts have needed to go to keeping those bills from progressing forward. Um, Some of them did progress through both houses and we had our governor, um, you know, did not um, approve those bills. He he vetoed them. So a lot of effort, hit, and it's been a it's been a very noisy um, environment for voting while we're trying to, you know, keep from regressing. Um, it's been very difficult to do progressive action to create greater access. During the next Wisconsin le- legislative session, are you hoping there is a, uh, another bill drafted? That will make absentee ballots widespread to everybody. And what steps do you plan? This that's the, the goal. Now. Yep. That, so okay, we are. That's the goal. That's the goal. Yep. We are still in a legislative period. Um, our biennium runs from January 2021, or excuse me, June um, 2021 through. Um, no, let me get that right. It runs from July 2021 through June. 2023. So we still have um, time to get a bill draft. So um, I, you know, continue, we continue to uh, reach out to legislators to continue to do the education, put the human face behind this. We bring the issue before our state elections commissioners whenever possible. We do the media outreach like we're doing today so that we, um, you know, educate the general public about why this is really an important issue. And, um, and I'll be looking at where do we have some good legislative allyship to ask for a bill draft and to help craft that bill? We don't, frankly, anticipate that it will pass in this next legislative session, given the current um, climate. Um, but every bill draft um, is a step forward. So then the next legislative session, we won't have to go back to scratch. We can pull out, dust off the bill draft and you know start um, a little further ahead. So I quite frankly, anticipate that this will be a piece of our work, given the current climate in Wisconsin, that this will be um, a piece of legislative work that is going to take some significant time. Yeah, I think it's going to take some significant time, too. We've got some more of this pandemic to go, even though we're getting through it day by day and week by week and month by month as more people getting vaccinated and kids are supposed to even get the shot soon. Mm-hmm. Which exactly. Will be a big, big, definitely a much, much bigger help. 
Yeah. Um, well, and the pandemic definitely pushed this issue of an act of an accessible absentee ballot to the forefront because getting to the polls, you know, had was even more burdensome. But, you know, for those of us that are visually impaired, um, getting to the polls, period, even pre-pandemic can have its barriers because of lack of transportation options. Wisconsin uh, is quite far behind in our transportation. We're very rural. um, And so people getting to the polls um, can be highly problematic, you know, then if they're encountering, um, you know, an environment that doesn't feel welcoming and inclusive, that can have an impact. So, you know, the having the absentee ballot available um, just simply, creates greater um, equity for everyone to make the choice that is the best for them to be able to cast their vote. And you guys have a lot of farms too. And a lot of people, as you said, out in rural areas growing cheese and vegetables. So it's a little harder to get to the polls close by in the cities, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you might, you know, if you live in the rural area and your municipality might be only 15 minutes away by car, but if there are zero tra- public transportation options, you know, or um, in limited maybe um, volunteer driver programs, um, you may... Um, you, you may not have viable options for getting to the polls. And, you know, sometimes there are, you know, free services on the, on election day to get you to the polls and some communities, you know, that don't have that option, or you might make an arrangement with a family member to go vote. And then that family member gets sick or, you know, is called into work and you lose the opportunity. Um, we do have early voting here in Wisconsin and, um, um, or, you know, better called um, in place absentee uh, voting so that, you know, and we highly encourage folks with disabilities and folks with vision impairment to use that window so that if you can't get to the poll during, you know, early absentee voting, you still have other options to cast your ballot. And it's hard again. You, we, we, we can't take paratransit from the farm. That's 15 nope. minutes away to the city. Exactly. Paratransit in Wisconsin is connected to our mass transit systems. So paratransit exists in areas that have a fixed route bus. So if you live in the rural area, your transportation options are um, potentially a um, van or vehicle from your um, aging and disability resource center or your senior center um, or a ride, a volunteer driver program, um, you know, things like Uber and Lyft don't exist in our rural areas because there's not enough business to make that a viable option for someone to, you know, to do their work. Um, and so your other option then is being dependent on family and friends. So your, your options are exceedingly limited in rural parts of Wisconsin. How might our Wisconsin listeners and even our listeners from outside the state speak out to improve voting accessibility not only in their states, but everywhere. Yeah. 
Brian, that would be awesome. If this were um, part of federal legislation, which, you know, we um, continue to also support, and I believe ACB does as well, you know, that we wouldn't be needing to take this issue on on a state by state basis and have such inequities about what the experience of a voter in, you know, Washington state is compared to Wisconsin. So, you know, a federal legislation that created um, better access for all voters, including an accessible absentee ballot, would then create far greater equity across the country. Denise, let's hope that your efforts help the blind and visually impaired receive the best accessible tools for voting in any future election. I know it's going to take some time, but something will happen in the future. I'm sure of it. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm really grateful, Brian. Thanks so much for the invite. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. In my show archive, visit speaking-out-for-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. The American Council of Blind Lions, ACBL, is the affiliate that roars, and that's no lion. ACBL holds monthly conference calls and ACB convention events that help people who are blind or visually impaired become more involved in local Lions Clubs. Find out more. Call 502-897-1472 or email lions.acb at gmail.com. To sign up for our announcements, send a blank email to radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. That's radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. Join me, Brian McCallan, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview blind newsmakers and experts to help you, the listeners, go for your dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern on ACB1 and 8 p.m. Pacific on ACB2. Hello, this is Dan Spoon, President of the American Council of the Blind. I just want to give a big hip, hip, hooray out there to our tremendous membership that does such a great job 